0: You're listening to the Spaceship Earth with me, Dan Burgess. Uh, welcome to um, episode four. Um, it should be episode four if I get episode three out on time. Um, episode three is done; just so I've got to edit it up. Um, so this is called uh, this is episode four, um, and it's called Into the Woods. Um, Into the Woods, part one, actually. I think because um, there might well be a part two. There could even be a part three, but there's definitely a part one. So this is part one. Um, it's called into the woods because um, I'm actually in the woods right now, um, so recording recording live from the woods, which feels good, um, and it's a bit of an experiment, I guess. Because um, so I've done three done put three of these um, Spaceship Earth podcasts out, um, and I've had a, you know have had a bit of feedback from people, had some nice DMs on Instagram and a bit of, a bit of love on Twitter. Not that I'm looking for that, but it's always nice to have. Uh, that it's it's good it's good to hear that people are enjoying some of the uh some of these conversations um so yeah the plan was to to interview people um you know people that i think are doing amazing work awesome work um who are sort of looking at our our planet as this great big incredible living thing and uh wanting to kind of um do work that kind of uh, reminds us or excites us of that, or um, helps restore th- restore all the good good stuff that it it um, it does as it generates life for us. So um, that was a plan, and that still is a plan. I'm still going to be interviewing people. That's not going to stop. Um, but um, I kind of thought uh, I've got stuff. I've got stuff that I want to talk about as well. Um, and sort of think myself. Well, that's kind of you know. That's, that's if you can do a podcast, you may as well talk about some of the stuff that you want to talk about, even if. <laughs> Even no one else listens. Um, it feels good to to talk about some things. So that's what I'm planning to do with um, with this uh, with this uh, experiment into the woods. I'm going to talk about some things um, that are on my mind, that are part of this um, spaceship Earth story. I think. Um, and so, why why come to the woods? Well, the woods for me are a very important place they're a very important place in uh and they feature quite heavily in my life and have done for many years um and i want to talk a bit about that and why i feel uh woods trees more more wild places even though obviously they're not that wild because i can hear the road over there and you know it's probably people walking their dogs and all kinds of stuff but anyway places i guess that are a little bit more uh, untouched Um, Or have been less fiddled and meddled with by the human um, are important places for me Um, The sea is also one of those, but I'm landlocked in Bath So I don't get to the ocean as much as I would love to I try as much as I can Um, But the woods are always there and I think trees generally, you know, they kind of they're they're around us Um, uh, Green life um, we can find quite easily if we look out for it Um, so yeah, I come to the woods a lot and have done um for some time now. Um and they the woods or trees uh are places for me where I can get quite grounded again. Um particularly if I've been tearing around quite a lot, which is what I do quite a lot in my day to day. Um and I can come into the woods and and I can sit Which is what i'm doing now sitting on a on a um, dead tree although it's dead it's actually still it's probably might well be alive it's kind of um it's kind of come down um so it's horizontal but it's um there's still all kinds of stuff growing on it and um, shoots growing and moss and all kinds of other things and other bits of life that are clearly uh, living quite well from this tree um you know i'm sitting on this tree um And this is what I do. I come in often, uh, usually I try and come in the mornings. Um, and I walk around and then I'll just go and try and sit still for a while. Um, just check in, um, and try and sort of cut through the, the kind of human noises and chatter. Um, some of that's in my head, some of it's around. Um, and I find that deeply grounding. I find that I, it's, there's a stillness here, um, and if you if you probably worked if you've worked in conservation you'll know there's a practice called, it's called the sit spot, um, which is basically the idea that you choose a spot um, somewhere where there's kind of more more of nature not just uh, humans, um, but it could be in a garden could be in a park. Uh, if if you can I'd recommend going into some kind of woodland or something because it's just much more epic um but you know anywhere kind of will will work um and you just sit and just be still and try and sort of open up your senses um try and let the kind of the monkey chatter disappear and um just try and be open to other senses and other feelings um and you will begin to notice all kinds of things sensations sounds smells sights, things that you just maybe can't see at first. But if you practice, you know, it's another practice. If you sit regularly, you will um, realize there's all kinds of life happening around us. Some of it's tiny, we can't see it. Some of it's very evident. Um, And you'll connect with a place and you'll start to see how that place is is shifting and changing and um, all the time it's alive effectively alive which is kind of a big part of i think what you know for me what the the spaceship earth is all about you know it's a living planet we're living life is living everything is alive around us life is uh, inside us is alive and changing all the time and so it's kind of helps you connect more that there's a bigger life force happening anyway that's getting a bit more cosmic um for a thursday morning but um so sitting still is great grounding um you know we've got i don't know for many of us, myself included, I spend a lot of time in front of a screen, and um, screens deaden us, actually. Um, there's a lot of work that's been done on this. Um, they deaden our, a lot of our senses. You know, we're very much only really using maybe sight and, and sound. Um, so we're deading off our our other senses are really sort of dulled. Um, in fact, Richard Louvre, who's written a lot about this, I mean, he calls it almost like, yeah, it's almost like we're dead. Um Uh, because we are sort of sentient sensory creatures, the humans, you know, we're very sensory um, creatures um, that's um, evolved, um, you know, as we've evolved through time, you know, we're always using our senses day in, day out all the time and actually over the, you know, actually a relatively short space of time. As we've sort of gone through industrial revolutions into this kind of working cultures, um, quite sedentary now where a lot of us are sort of s- inside um, constructed spaces and sitting in front of screens, you know, that's, um, we're not alive. We're sort of vaguely dead, which isn't great, is it? So anyway, <clears throat> I come to the woods to to ground myself again, to sort of wake my other senses up um, and to connect with other forms of life beyond the human which for me is deeply um energizing. You know, I feel kind of regenerated. Um and um so I'm curious and I, I guess I've been also so I do that as a practice, but I've also in my work been sort of exploring this for quite a few years and trying to sort of hack this into my projects, whether it's when I'm working with other people or working with companies or <clears throat> you know, trying to bring some of this <coughs> more life centred approach into Into the ways we might work, or the ways we might think about designing things, or um, organising ourselves in teams, or learning, or just looking after ourselves and our own sort of well-being. And it's it's been quite hard actually over the years to sort of um, uh, for that to happen. But it's definitely changing and shifting. You can sense that this this stuff is becoming more interesting to people. I think as we realise, we're sort of frying our heads. in this kind of industrial techno culture, um, there's a definitely and more of an appetite, I think, to explore um, the wider living world and the interconnectedness of all of that. So that's something I'm trying to um, trying to uh, offer out to the world more. Actually, offer out to um, people, um, companies, teams um, to uh, come and spend some time doing some things, um, doing some things in the woods, um, thinking about the problems that we're trying to solve uh but getting out of our getting out of our kind of um artificially lit um quite sort of connected, over connected, stimulated, buzzy environments uh and come into an environment like the woods where we can learn a lot by being still and listening. Um a deeper form of listening and a deeper form of uh noticing, a sort of bigger awareness. Um and I worked actually this is what I used to do a lot as a kid. I sort of worked out that's where when I was very young, this is actually the woods where I felt most at ease. So I'd often scarper off in. we had some woods behind where I used to live and when I was younger and that's where I'd go. Um, and I always remember feeling quite, um, yeah, sort of safe. Not that I didn't feel safe um, in the house or anything, but I just definitely have always felt a bit of an edge, a bit of an anxiety around the sort of busier, sort of um, constructed worlds, environments, and more uh, calmness in more natural Environments, so the woods have always been there and I think I kind of lost that um, that Understanding of my need for that in my 20s and <coughs> And 30s um, early 30s anyway, um And I've been rediscovering that over the last decade and yeah, so anyway, I'm in the woods This is called into the woods and here I am um, and I Didn't also didn't really have much of a agenda for this because I thought well these other interviews. I'm doing and um, um, there's a little bit more of a shape to them, and sort of the questions and stuff. And then I thought, well, maybe I just uh, these these little experiments, these side experiments, may be slightly different. So I've come just to sort of sit here and be, and then just talk a little bit about why I come um, to this to this place. Um, it's kind of interesting because when I um, I don't know if you ever come across a theory. Uh, it's called Guy Theory, and um, uh, I was first introduced to Guy Theory in um, when was it? it? Was when I was doing my masters in two thousand and ten, I think, two thousand and nine, and um, by a very um, amazing uh, gentleman called um uh, Stephen Harding um who's uh written a lot about what he would call the animate world <coughs> the fact that the world is alive um it's not just humans, everything is living, everything is sentient. Um and he's um uh, he's built on um on the on the Gaia theory work um my brain's gone. I can't even remember the 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 um, the, the original champion and author behind um, Gaia theory. James James Lovelock. James Lovelock. Anyway, um, so yeah, Stephen Harding. He writes a lot about the animate Earth, and I spent a week uh, with him in in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, um, exploring Gaia theory, which is basically. I'm probably you know I'm probably um. Uh, I'm doing this a major disservice, but it's effectively uh, a sort of idea that, you know, the earth is a a kind of living organism and everything is interconnected and every, um, all kinds of um, creatures and organisms and are interacting with each other and actually creating, co-creating the conditions for life, the conditions that allow us as humans to live, to breathe, to exist. Um, and so it's this very, very um, beautiful um, almost kind of um, mir- miraculous kind of um, um, uh, set of circumstances and interactions that are creating these kind of conditions for for life to, to exist. And so as we start to meddle with the planet through our industrial ways of living and, and being and working, we're meddling with we're upsetting those interactions between different parts of this, um, complex and extraordinary system that creates conditions for life for all of us to live, and so um, when I first got introduced to that, I it completely blew my head off. In fact, it's probably one of the pinpoints of the shift in my own sense of being and um, what the hell I was doing in the world, and the you know what what do I do with my um, with my work and with my time here. Um, was getting my head into the Gaia theory. I've sort of forgotten why I was going down this route with Stephen Harding Yeah, but anyway, so he used to say and um, so we'll be sitting in this room down at Schumacher college in Devon which is an extraordinary place um, Who do amazing courses of all kinds of things like weekends and weeks and all kinds of short courses Which I thoroughly recommend to anyone who's asking some bigger questions about what the F is going on right now um Go and go and um, go and do some some learning with some um, different ways of thinking and looking and being in the world. There's some really good stuff. There's some amazing stuff going on down there. Anyway, um, he'd he say we'd be sitting in the sitting in this um, room at the college, and he'd be talking about it. Going, and he'd go, "Let's go, let's go, let's come, let's, let's go inside." And you go, well, "We're inside." And he'd go, "Let's go inside and he'd be pointing towards the door." Um, to go out and he' going yeah you know this, this you know that that's inside let's go into the world he said right right here in this classroom we're outside we're outside of this great being this earth it's the earth is in there and this a simple idea you to say you know when you're sort of in a plane you're sort of you're outside you know you're not in the world you're outside you're kind of looking into this thing and so we spend a lot of our time sort of outside of really the kind of living world and that stuck with me um so anyway uh what's that got to do with right now well i guess i'm into the wo- we're in the woods right so we're in we're in we're in the living earth we're part of it and um spending time i think is hugely beneficial um uh, to balance I'm again i'm not sort of advocating we kind of um all go and move to the woods because <coughs> that would be that'd be hellish uh, as well but i guess what i'm talking about is balance um and i'm sort of imagining you know i was um uh, this I just was back in London back back from London last night and um, I've been doing a bit, a bit of work for a couple of quite big businesses at the moment and uh, always, I'm always struck in you know as you sort of whittle around these b- big big buildings and you know passes and meeting rooms and bookings and Coffee machines and drinks machines and this and that and uh, everyone rushing around rushing around rushing around rushing around busy 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 And you sit in these meetings and, and no one really feels like they can make a decision because they've got too many decisions they're trying to make in a very short space of time and and I've kind of been watching this, go, gu- watching this probably, yeah, probably for a decade, ha- for at least feeling these feelings and, and watching these things and not really saying that much about it, getting quite angry actually at times. I don't get as angry now about it. I've sort of managed to sort of break through that, but it does strike me again, like, you know, a balance. Why you know, why do we feel it's so hard? Oh, did you hear that? That was a woodpecker. I don't know if you got that. <coughs> um to get to get out of these spaces why is it so hard to sort of find some balance and say i don't know maybe one day a week or one afternoon or one morning you must have heard that it's the green woodpecker it sounds a bit like um the um, the joker in batman um yeah so what was i talking about getting out yeah so getting out um Why don't we do that? Why don't we program more time outside as part of the way that we do our work? Like it could just be one morning where like it's two hours and it's in the park or in the woods or a team does this and it's build it as a regular practice. And I'm absolutely convinced. In fact, I'm willing to say if someone wants to pay me to design this practice for their team, if it doesn't work within one month of doing it, you can have the money back, all right? If there's not benefits, there you go. it's a simple practice and it can be designed into where you work. It doesn't have to be, oh shit, we've got to get on a bus and go to the fucking countryside. Sorry, I shouldn't have sworn. Um, it can just, you know, there's parks, there's spaces, there's spaces everywhere where we can get out and we can do things that allow us to um, widen our lens on what the hell is going on and think, well, what's our role here and how are we doing this and how could we maybe do our things slightly differently? Or maybe, and, and the other thing is creativity. You know, the woods will, you know, you spend a bit of time in natural environments and you start to build a practice, I'm telling you, your creativity will, will, um, will increase, um, your sense of well-being will increase, your sense of empathy will increase, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, that's a, that was a little sales pitch there, just came out, <laughs> just emerged into the woods. Um, but it really struck me, again, just how, how everyone's just burning, well, you know, not everyone, but it, 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 I'm sure that my experience this week is, is being replicated in many places. Um, there's a burnout. Um, there's not fantastic decisions being made, there's not that much creativity and it doesn't look that much that people are having fun either which feels (coughs) such a shame because we only live for such a short space of time we should be just like trying to find trying to inject that kind of awesome wonder into what we're doing Um, yeah, into the woods Um, I'm actually sitting, I was just trying to work out what tree I was sitting on, it's an ash Um, there's quite a lot of ash here um which is i think the sort of tree of life known as ash um there's a there's a there's there's also some oak here and lots of beech um if you do go to the woods um you should never never sleep under a beech tree the beech tree was known uh, many years ago as the um as the widower's tree <coughs> yeah because beeches they shed their boughs like you can um if you look if you look up a, 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 an old beech you'll often see like kind of big scars where Large branch boughs have, have, have broken off and fallen. That's what they do. They just do that. So if you're going to spend a night in the woods, which um, Which I also recommend you should do at some point because it's a fantastic thing to just go and sleep in the woods for a night And um, don't sleep under the beach because you don't want to be um, So yeah, what would happen sorry, the widow thing so that you'd have people Years ago when we were spending a lot more time in the woods and going out and probably working in them and all sorts um, You know a lot we used to spend time and sleep and stuff in the in the in the woods, so if you're sleeping under a beach, and the beech uh, could quite often yeah, drop a drop a bloody great um, bough branch, which would just I mean you'd be gone. So it was it was known as the widower's tree. Um, so there's a few of them. I'm <coughs> just working. I'm still recording. These are the these are the things you have to sort of slightly panic about when you're doing these kind of podcasts. Am I recording? Is it still working? Anyway, it, it is. Um, okay, so. Um, The other thing about the woods is health and well-being. So, you know, um, there is you know, again, lots and lots of work that's been done on this in the past about the health and well-being benefits of being um, more closely connected to the more natural world around us. And there's all kinds of brilliant things that I guess will be going on inside my body right now because I'm sitting in the woods And as I am sitting in the woods, the sun is just breaking through the trees and it's beautiful The wild garlic's starting to come through There's this green sort of bright green carpet And and yeah, and it's making me feel good and there's clear, you know, there's actually, you know The scientists who who look at this stuff will tell you there's there's great things going on inside my body right now stress levels will be dropping Um, And all kinds of reactions and again, this has come because you know again, we've spent thousands and thousands of years evolving close to the natural world and that's probably you know, we evolved in harmony with that You know we there was a symbiotic relationship between us, you know, it made us feel good um, And I would say we've been sort of um, quite violently removed from from that relationship. So um, There's huge benefits for your health by spending more time outside uh, in more natural environments. And so that's another reason why it's good to go into the woods. Um, yes. So, um, this was that this was a thought, this was a little experiment. I hope, uh, I hope um, people are enjoying this little, this little session from the woods. Um, but the balancing yeah so part of what I'm trying to do and I've been trying to do for many years and and, and failed at it quite a lot but I'm back onto it now is building this practice building this practice regular practice of time in natural spaces um that's just to be to be still and to do nothing and sometimes you think oh god you know i'm wasting my time the time's going and i'm sitting in a wood on my own you know isn't that a bit wolf you know but actually this is generative time this is generating this is going to give it gives me extraordinary um uh, inputs i guess that then allow me to be um a less of a pain up the arse with the people who are close to me and around me you know my family and my my lovely wife and my children and then my work partners and team and all the people i spend time with so if i'm not if i'm not dosing myself out with um with hits of the natural world then i'm i'm not um fully um i'm anywhere near kind of um where i can be um and um not optimizing how i can show up so that's another reason um but also just how beautiful would it be i think if you know that was a practice that we did it was just like you know imagine like you went to work and it was like, oh, it's, it's Woods Day today on uh, Wednesday, so we do our first two hours in the woods. Um, or, you know, by a river, or, you know, if we work by the coast, by on the beach, or whatever it is. Um, for me, like, that would, could be so transformational, because it's not just all the benefits I've talked about, there's also the connection point. We start to connect. You start to connect with this wider circle of life because you start to spend, you start to realise, you start to notice things, you start to go, well, wow, I didn't realise that or I didn't see that or look at how that tree works with that or look at that plant over there or wow, if I can sit here and still not, I can only see the breeze coming through and I can start to see how things, the wind is moving certain things and certain things over there look like they're growing and certain things that they didn't and like they're not and look, there's sunlight coming through there and there's not there and I can start to understand how, you know, certain areas need energy and life needs energy and all these great things that you just start to work out. And you can take that back into your life. And anyway, I think that would be awesome. So... That's a little bit about what this um, this experiment is about, and I hope there's something in here maybe that connects with someone. And if anyone wants to talk about any of these things, please reach out. Um, you can get me you can get me at dan dan solo on Twitter or at dan solos uh, on Instagram or dan at danbirdish Hit me up. I'd love to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas, or anything on any of this stuff. Or if there's anything I've said which you think that's interesting, I'd like to know more. Please do. Oh, the woodpecker. You can hear that. The woodpecker has literally just flown right above me now, and it's not actually it's not a green woodpecker. It's either well, t- it's either a lesser spotted or a greater spotted. I'm Not quite sure. I Can't remember the difference. They sort of they have a black back and a white, and they have a white white, and then a white sort of neck head, and they have a red bl- red blob on the back of the head as well. Anyway, it's gone. But that's what I mean. If you also sit still you will see things that you'll go, wow, I had no idea. And how epic was that? So there you go, that was Woodpecker. You have to trust me, it was right there in front of me. Um, My voice felt like it went a bit more, (coughs) went almost a bit Dave Attenborough in the woods style because I had to drop the volume. Um okay, yeah, cool, and then actually the la- last thing that's just um I was gonna th- say so I woke up this morning to um a bunch of um actually' been following of my other podcasts talking a lot about ocean plastics and to people that working with ocean plastics and i'm actually doing a lot of work at the moment around ocean plastics and stuff but i was, I looked at my feeds this morning and there's all this stuff this morning around um this this research has been published um uh a cool little uh, company that I discovered um, called Orb-, Orb Media, who do who look like they're doing really interesting kind of research methodologies <coughs> around issues. But I'm going to check them up but anyway. Their work had been published by um, I think Guardian and a few others, but it was basically um, I think BBC as well. But it was basically a load of work that's been looking at um, studying actually branded. Um, bottles, of plastic water, and and realising that there is microplastic content in bottled water that we're buying, um, and that's pretty horrific. Um, and I've been sort of looking at the microplastics thing for some time, and 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 how it's getting into our different, um, you know, being ingested into various different um, ecosystems and back into the human sort of um, <clears throat> system. But actually, I guess this this whole piece about buying bottle of water that you think is um safe and actually it's been tested and it's carrying um lots of plastics within it. Um and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on about um uh, yeah, everyone's up in arms obviously and um and there's a lot of talk about, you know, this plastic design plastic is a design failure, plastic is a design failure and I and I and I get all of that and I, I, I agree with that. Um but I guess the only thing that makes me sort of feel I have to step back a little bit and think so much of what we have created as humans in the last, you know, few decades, we will probably class as a design failure at some point in the next few decades. Um, and so plastics is obviously, you know, is enormous because we've adopted it everywhere. It's, it's so evident now as it's showing up um, because, you know, the, the planet cannot carry it anymore. So it's just coming back at us everywhere. In the oceans, in our river systems, you know, through the fish we're now eating, now obviously in things we're actually buying, and we're like in plastic in that. But the thing is, is it makes me think about. There's a bigger question that I hope is starting to be. Well, it is being asked by lots of people, but I think what what would be really interesting is if now we can start to sort of really look at bigger questions around how we design generally and how we create and why we create <coughs> because so there's a, an incredible writer author called David Orr who's I'm a big fan of who's been written written for years about <coughs> sort of ecological intelligence or our lack of it <coughs> which is a another sort of strand of inquiry of mine I've been trying to um, explore with with folks is building that ecological intelligence um uh, into into our culture, but we don't have it really. And he, you know, he has this great phrase around um, industrial cleverness, and he says, you know, most most of what we most most of what we create th- these days is it's down to industrial cleverness. It's like because we can create and make these things, we we make them. Um, I mean, look at air pollution. I mean, you could say air pollution is down to a design failure. It's down to a design failure in terms of exhaust and chucking out fossil fuels and particles and all kinds of crap from our our transport systems into the air. You know, you could say that's a design failure. I mean, they're, 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 they're going to come, they're going to come, and they are coming. And But I guess it's just sort of we're looking for these, you know, plastics is clearly um, an enormous thing, which we've got to get our heads around really fast. But I would also say, oh, can you hear that? There's a woodpecker. Oh, it was a kestrel. It was a kestrel chasing a woodpecker. That is mental. That was that that the, the reason that woodpecker was going absolutely bonkers. I don't know if you heard that. Was because a kestrel was chasing it. And I can the, the wicker has gone, I can see the kestrel now, up in a tree just beyond here. See another reason. Go to the woods, and it's all going off. You get to see extraordinary, fantastic, um, wild things happening. Um. Anyway, what was I talking about? Yes, the plastics. So, but I think, yeah, there's a bigger thing. There is a bigger thing. The reason these things are happening is because we don't have an interconnected, joined up, systemic view of the world. We don't see these interactions, these interrelationships. We're not taught to understand, to look at the world in that way, to realize that it is interconnected, that there are implications to everything that we do and create. And some of those things also we will not see. We will not see, potentially for quite a few years, So our whole, lo- our whole sense of time, uh, is, you know, we think very short time very very short time think we don't have any sense of you know, what? Uh, bunch of folks will call deep time thinking Joanna Macy talks a lot about this thinking in deep time Can we think in deeper time? So can we think about when we're making decisions? Can we think about things the implications of things that might happen way after we're gone? Can we think like that? Can we design like that? Can we start to design things thinking? Well, how might this be impactful in 10 20 30 40 50 years down the line? is that possible for us to move to that kind of world where we are creating and designing and imagining in the with those kind of um With those kind of design principles because that's kind of I think what the plastics thing is telling us um It's telling us lots of things But I think yeah one of those questions when we talk about saying it's a design fault It is but I would say how we design generally is is a, is at fault we don't see we design in linear ways. We don't design in systemic with a system view of the world. We don't understand relationships You know, This is all about relationships really So we're we're much more fascinated in things and less fascinated in in relationships when we're designing And um, between things um, so anyway, that was that was just my thought this morning, um, which has come to me whilst being in the woods so that was it i'm gonna i'm gonna sign up now i hope um that's been um enjoyable this is um thank you for listening that's the this is the spaceship earth podcast with me dan burgess and that was into the woods uh part one um and um have a have a wonderful uh, day and um uh, and uh yeah until next time peace and out